the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Good morning. It's great to see you. Uh, As Nick says, my name is Saz, Saz Flint. I'm one of the leaders of this church. Uh, How are you doing? How are you doing in this time that, I think if if you're in Germany, they call between the years, which I think is a great phrase. We're kind of standing between 2023 and 2024. It's really good, isn't it, to look back and be thankful together um, to help one another, to pray for one another. Today's Bible story is about two people who looked back and who looked forwards. It's in Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 38. If you've got a Bible on your phone or you want to grab one of these green Bibles, you can uh, follow along with the story. I'm not going to read it. We're going to watch it on a video. Uh, But afterwards, we're going to think a little bit about looking backwards and then looking forwards. So watch the video now. Okay, we're not going to see the video, so you're going to have to use your imaginations. Uh, And I'm going to read the story from Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 38. It's on page 971. If you want to grab a Bible, uh, let's read the story about a man called Simeon and a woman called Anna. Luke chapter 2, verses 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took baby Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That's about 40 days after Jesus was born, so that's six weeks. Every firstborn male, as it is written in the law of the Lord, is to be consecrated to the Lord. They were taking him to the temple to pray for him. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations." A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed." And a sword will pierce your own soul too. 
There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then had been a widow for 84 years. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. It's a great story, the story of Simeon and Anna, two faithful older people. They're great examples of joyful people. And Simeon was really practiced at reading the scrolls, the old writings of his people, what we would call the Old Testament now. And I think I know what scroll Simeon was reading just before he met the baby Jesus. I think he was reading these words from Isaiah 42. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant. That's a very serious promise for the people and a light for the Gentiles. Gentiles are everyone who are not part of the ancient people of God, the ancient Israelites. That's you and me. A light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Now, I think that he was reminding himself of these words, because Luke, who writes the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, records the exact words that... Simeon said, and he says this, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people. They look very similar, don't they? Simeon takes six-week-old Jesus in his arms and says the same words about Jesus that he knew in those ancient scrolls, those ancient writings. Now, I wonder if you can spot one of the words that is the same in each of those two verses. And then I wonder if you can spot a word that's the same, whether you can look around the church and see if you can find an example of it. You might need to look behind you. You might need to look above you. You might need to come out from the balcony. And then I want you to point. Can you see up there? A light. A light. Now, for those of you watching online, you're really, really welcome. Uh, This is what was shining from the balcony. Now, this is Gary's head torch. This is what he goes running with in the night. This is what he uses to light up his path. And even in the daylight, even with all the lights on, it's shining really, really brightly. When Simeon held Jesus in his arms, he looked back to the promises of God. 
He didn't just see a baby. I mean, six-week-old babies are really cute, aren't they? He didn't just see a cute baby. He saw light. He saw eyes opened. He saw captives freed. He saw release for those who sit in darkness. He saw God keeping his promises. Now, I don't know if anyone here knows what it's like to sit in a dungeon. Maybe you've visited a dungeon. Uh, When I was a child, I used to go to Framlingham Castle sometimes, and you'd walk along the castle, and there'd be a grill, and you could look down, 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 down into the deep, deep, dark dungeon. But I've never actually been in a dungeon. But I have been in a tunnel. I wonder if anyone knows where this tunnel is. It's a long way from here. I had to travel a long way to get to this tunnel. Do we have anyone from Scotland here? Yeah! You should know where this tunnel is. It is under Holyrood Park. Yeah, and it's on the cycle route, the Sustrans Cycle Route 1 which I did in September with a friend. We cycled from Newcastle to Edinburgh. And as you enter Edinburgh, you go into this this tunnel. I think they call it the Tunnel of Innocence. And you can see right at the end, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but there are lights all the way along. But if there weren't lights along that tunnel, it would be very, very dark. Without lights, it's impossible to ride around the country lanes of Devon. It's impossible. We need light. And Jesus was that light promised, pointing us back to God. Now, in 2023, you may have been in some physical, mental, spiritual dungeons. You may look back and you may have been in some dark places. In 2023, you may have escaped some dark places and known what it is to walk in the light. Maybe for the first time in a long time. Maybe you met Jesus for the first time in 2023. And in 2023, you may have only walked in the light. Praise God if that was your 2023, walking in the light. But as we look back at 2023, let's remember Simeon. At the very end of his life, after years of faithfulness to God, after years of reading the ancient scrolls, he saw with his very own eyes that God keeps his promises. He saw the light. He saw the rescuer. He saw the savior of the world. Now, based on Simeon's experience... And the words in the ancient scrolls that we now have printed in our Bibles. I believe, this is what I truly believe, that the God who prepared Simeon's heart over many, many years is the same God who is with us now. He's the same God who keeps his promises. Jesus, light of the world, knew you in 2023. He knew you. He was with you, perhaps in ways you do not yet realize. But God keeps his promises. 
Do you remember the name of the other person in the story? Do you? What was the name? Anna! I should remember that name, shouldn't I? There are, there are a few Annas here. Well, at least one. Yeah. Um, I love Anna in the story. Now, you may have guessed I loved Anna because actually one of my children is named Anna as well. So uh, I love the story of Anna. And in the story, she sees Simeon holding a baby and she goes over to Simeon and Mary and Joseph and she gave thanks to God and she spoke about the child. She was so excited. She spoke about the child to all who were looking forward. So we thought about Simeon looking backwards to the promises of God that he would send a light to save us from a dark dungeon uh, and our darknesses. And here we have Anna looking forward to something, looking forward to this strange word, this strange phrase, the redemption of Jerusalem. Redemption, that's a really funny word to apply to a cute six-week-old baby. But Anna is really thankful, and she's looking forward to it, so it must be good. Later, in Luke's writing, Luke, who wrote this gospel stories of Jesus, he wrote a book called Acts, about what happens after Jesus was resurrected. Uh, and he says this, Jesus, just before he went back to be with his father, said this, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. The story of Jesus is a story of redemption, started in Jerusalem, but it has to do with everyone, to the ends of the earth, even to us in Exeter, right at the beginning of 2024. But we've still got this puzzling word, redemption. It's, it's not a word we use very often, maybe in some, some boring, grown-up financial reasons we talk about redemption, but it's not a word we use about a baby. So rather than explain a definition of this word with, with other words, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story of Redemption. Once upon a time, there was a little boy. Now, I don't know how old he was in this story, maybe six, seven, eight years old. And he lived with his family in a house by a little stream. And that little stream flowed into a big stream. The big stream flowed into a river. The river flowed out to the sea. And this little boy really loved making things. He would pick up things from the beach and make them. I don't know if you've made anything this Christmas. Have any of you made any Duplo or Lego? Yeah, or any train sets or jigsaws. Have any of the adults done any jigsaws? 
Christmas is a great time for making things. Our story didn't happen at Christmas. It happened in spring, one year. When he was six or seven or eight, I'm not quite sure how old he was, he decided to make a boat, a little model sailing boat. And he picked up a bit of driftwood from the beach and he made the body of the boat. He got an old tea towel and he made the sail. He attached it to a stick and he put it in the center of the boat. He got some seaweed and he dried the seaweed and he got some glue and he put it round the, round the boat uh, and the boat was watertight. And all that summer, he sailed that boat up and down the little stream by his house. He loved that boat. It was his creation. It was something that he made. One day, towards the end of the summer, a different current came from the sea. It came up the river, up the big stream, up the little stream, and it caught hold of that boat. And the boat tugged itself away from the little boat, from the little boy. And the little boy watched that boat sail away down the little stream, into the big stream, into the river, and who knows, into the sea. The boat was lost. And you know what? He was very, very sad. Really, really sad. Now, fast forward many, many years later. The boy was now a man, and he still was really creative. He still really liked to make things. One day, he went into a charity shop that was in a town, a few towns along the coast from the village where he grew up. He used to like upcycling. I think that he would have really liked the repair shop. And he was rummaging around in the charity shop. He was looking at the clothes, and he was looking at the knickknacks and the ornaments, and he was looking at the books. And then suddenly, he spotted in the corner, something caught his eye. And he looked at it, and he thought, oh, could it be? Could it be? And he, he went a little bit closer, and, and he looked. It's like, yes, it is. It's my boat. It's the boat that he'd made years and years and years ago. It was his. He made it. He recognized it. Now, this boat was a little bit battered. The sail was torn. Um, it had seen better days, to be honest. But he looked at that boat, and he picked it up, and he turned it over, and right at the bottom, in the worn wood, were scratched his initials. He knew it was his boat. So he scrabbled around in his pockets for some money. Uh, it was, its payday was next week, so he didn't have much money. But he scrabbled around, and he went to the shopkeeper, and he said, I want to buy back this boat. And so he got the rest of the money that he had, and he gave it to the shopkeeper, and he took the boat, and he put it in a bag, and he took it home. And then... For many, many evenings, he took that boat and with tears flooding his eyes and memories in his mind, he carefully and gently 
and lovingly restored that boat until its former glory. If you were listening to him when he gently and lovingly and carefully restored that boat, you could hear him say, whispering really quietly under his breath, First, I made you. Then, I redeemed you. Now, I have restored you. First, I made you. Then, I redeemed you. Now, I have restored you. Today is New Year's Eve. It's a really good time to look back and look forward. Perhaps... Sometime today, you can find a quiet place to hear God's whisper. God is our maker, our redeemer, and our restorer. That little boy, when he was a grown man, went and bought back that boat. That's what the word redeemed means. He bought back that boat. Now, that battered old boat only cost a few pounds But in the real big Jesus story, it cost everything. It cost everything. He died to buy us back. You were made to be redeemed and restored by your maker. You, me, we are works in progress. We are restoration works in progress. We have failings, we have weaknesses, we have sins, but we are etched with a maker's initials. We are made to be restored. We have a saviour and a maker who came as a baby for us. He does not forget us. He redeems and restores us and he says, first I made you, then I redeemed you, now I have restored you. I'm going to pray now, and I'm going to use these words from Isaiah 43 to pray. So let's pray now. This is what the Lord says as we enter 2024. He who created you, he who formed you, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One, your Savior. Amen.